0: Good morning, friends. Today is Wednesday, the tenth of June, two thousand and twenty. Our readings today are Psalm seventy-two, Ecclesiastes nine eleven through eighteen, Galatians five one through fifteen, and the Gospel of Matthew chapter sixteen verses one through twelve. This is the eve of the feast day of Saint Barnabas, and so there are additional readings. This evening for St. Barnabas, I will not be recording, um, at least I don't think I will be. One never knows until the time comes, but I don't plan on recording a um, a special evening prayer, but if you did want to say a special evening prayer, you would use the um, readings for the Eves of Apostles and Evangelists. Found on page 1001 of the Book of Common Prayer, and there are some readings to choose from there for you. God is Spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, We have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's Holy Word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins. we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy God of all mercy we confess that we have sinned against you opposing your will in our lives we have denied your goodness in each other in ourselves and in the world you have created we repent of the evil that enslaves us the evil we have done and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours for you made it. And your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God, our maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. Oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 72. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures, and as long as the moon, throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound, until the moon is no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. May his foes bow down before him, and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations give him service. For he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life. And precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually. And blessings invoked for him all day long. May there be abundance of grain in the land. May it wave on the tops of the mountains. May its fruit be like Lebanon. And may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May all nations be blessed in him. May they pronounce him happy. Blessed be God, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be God's glorious name forever. May God's glory fill the whole earth. Amen and amen. The prayers of Desi- <laughs> the prayers of David, son of Jesse, are ended. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verses 11 through 18. Again I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to the skillful, But time and chance can happen to them all. For no one can anticipate the time of disaster. Like fish taken in a cruel net and like birds caught in a snare. So mortals are snared at a time of calamity when it suddenly falls upon them. I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few people in it a great king came and besieged it, building great siege works against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than might, yet the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heeded. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one bungler destroys much good. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle G, a song of Ezekiel. I will take you from among all nations and gather you from all lands to bring you home. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and purify you from false gods and uncleanness. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit put within you. I will take the stone heart from your chest and give you a heart of flesh. I will help you walk in my laws and cherish my commandments and do them. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 through 15 For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to you a yoke to a yoke of slavery. Listen, I, Paul, am telling you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Once again I testify to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obliged to obey the entire law. You who want to be justified by the law have cut yourselves off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. You were running well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? Such persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough. I am confident about you in the Lord that you will not think otherwise. But whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. But my friends, why am I still being persecuted if I am still preaching circumcision? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would castrate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers and, sis- brothers and sisters. Boy, I'm tongue-tied today. Sorry, guys. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as, a, as yourself. If, however... You bite and devour one another. Take care that you are not consumed by one another. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle S, a song of our true nature. Christ revealed our frailty and our falling, our trespasses and our humiliations. Christ also revealed his blessed power, his blessed wisdom and love. He protects us as tenderly and as sweetly when we are in greatest need. He raises us in spirit and turns everything to glory and joy without ending. God is the ground and the substance, the very essence of nature. God is the true father and mother of natures. We are all bound to God by nature, and we are all bound to God by grace. And this grace is for all the world. Because it is our precious mother, Christ. For this fair nature was prepared by Christ for the honor and nobility of all, and for the joy and bliss of salvation. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Matthew chapter 16, or excuse me, the Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 through 12. The Pharisees and the Sadducees came, and to test Jesus, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be stormy today for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret this imp- you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Then he left them and went away. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, Watch out and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They said to one another, It is because we have brought no bread. And becoming aware of it, Jesus said, You have little faith, why are you still talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the five thousand? And how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand, and how many baskets you gathered? How could you fail to perceive that I was not speaking about bread? Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he had not told them to beware of the yeast of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the Nurturer and Teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, Love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We'll use suffrages set A, which begin on the bottom of page 97 of the Book of Common Prayer. As usual, just because the blankness um, is difficult, especially if you don't have the suffrages memorized or have them in front of you, I will read both the verse and also the response. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness, Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant that by your inspiration we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding may do them. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O God, the author of peace and the lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Our psalm this morning is one that we have read um, recently, but I'm struck, and first let me say that overall, this psalm is a, is a prayer, and I think my commentary puts it so well, that the king may act justly and extend God's rule to all lands a royal psalm that may have been used at the king's coronation or its anniversary. It views the Israelite king as the instrument of divine justice and protector of the poor, ensuring that the riches of creation are available to all, and he is the earthly agent of God's universal rule. Nonetheless, he is still a human being in constant need of divine help. And I would note that the opening verses really make an important point. Verses 1 and 2 ask for the king to be given God's justice and God's righteousness, and they remind the ruler and the listeners that the people are gods. They They are God's first and foremost, and their care is being entrusted to the ruler. And I think this is so important in our context. So often we refer to our team or um, our. we refer to people in, in, in the context of their relationship to us. And if we could instead flip that perspective and look at people as they relate to God, as God's creation through that perspective, so less of a self-centered perspective and more of a God-centered perspective, I think that that would really be helpful. And then I just want to talk about the the ways and the, the things about the ruler that are being prayed for here. They're praying that the ruler is good to the poor and brings God's justice, that the ruler is gentle. This um, metaphor of being like the rain that follows on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. This isn't like thunderstorms, right? This isn't ugly, sharp action. This is gentle nourishment. If you think about the soft feeling of a rain shower, as opposed to a thunderstorm, those are very different things, right? And they're they're saying the soft rain here, bringing the things that we need to live and survive in a way that is gentle and nourishing. And then there's a reminder that it all comes back to God, that this is all for God, God must be at the center of all. And with our supposed separation of church and state, We kind of get away from this, but where we try to, we as the culture, the greater American culture, try to um, kind of snag some of that back is in a really sick and twisted way. Um, When I hear people, some people saying things that condone unacceptable behavior of people in power because God put them there. Um, Picture the air quotes around that. Or worse yet, suggest that oppressed peoples under that leadership should endure the abuse because that leader has been given divine authority over them. I just think that is so disgusting. And I have such a hard time finding compassion for it. I know that it's justification. It's entitled groups justifying the perpetuation of the sick and toxic system because they don't know how to do any different. It's back to asleep and ignorant, right? But I just, oh man, I have such a hard time swallowing it. And I wish we that we could see the context. Like here... That the psalmist is saying that the, the ruler needs to be prayed for continually. Like, can you imagine if we all focused our prayers on, or focused prayers, not all of our prayers. <laughs> There's lots of stuff to pray for, right? On our leaders, that they may be within divine will, that they may be all of these things, gentle and just and caring for the least of us. Wow. This is um, this is related then that message to one of our other readings. So I might I might kind of go out of order here. Yeah, let's go ahead and skip over to Galatians, where the author, um, supposed to be Paul. Um, but whomever, where the author uh, talks about being free and not becoming enslaved again, but being slaves to each other through love. And there's one little bit here that I want to kind of hone in. Um, Paul is talking about circumcision, and he's, he's telling the Galatians that circumcision isn't necessary for salvation. Um, This is not a right that you have to go through in order to be saved. You're saved by faith, not by acts. And he keeps bringing that point home. Those of you who want to be justified by the law have cut yourselves off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, he says in verse 5. And I want to take a minute here and talk about female circumcision and how terrible that is. It's really, to use the word circumcision is, doesn't describe the horror of female genitalia cutting. And it was and still is, in some places, considered a rite of passage for women. In order to be accepted into the community and into the social structures, at a certain point in their lives, they must undergo this mutilation and while I don't entirely see male circumcision as mutilation, um, there are some health reasons for it, et cetera, I did kind of split the difference with my son. That's a story for another time. Um, I don't mean to tease you there, but but I, I don't want to get into all of that. What I want to say is some of the formulaic rites and rituals that we have observed in our culture we need to really look at and see if they are harmful some of the ways in which we pass down sickness generation to generation is in some really messed up um if-then formulas that we give ourselves and our children. If you want to be successful, then you must do this. If you want to be a part of this culture and community and accepted into them, then you must do this. And this exists even in our Christian culture, a lot in our Christian culture, and there's a lot of shame around it. And... And I really think that especially in this time where where we're really taking a hard look at some really shitty messaging that we've been giving ourselves and others in order to stay quiet and accept our effed up systems the way that they are, the systems of oppression and elitism. I really think it's the time to take a hard look. What? What if-thens have we been selling ourselves and others on that are keeping us in bondage as as an entire nation, as faith communities? And I think that, that the first place to look is where are there musts and shoulds you must be this and you should do that that are that are shaming us and and then i want to say this transition from a self-focused survival mode into a community focused love mode that The author speaks to here, for the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. To be without the formula and to be with the overarching commandment is like, it's scary, right? Um, Because it's much easier to follow a set of rules, but the rules have been leading us astray. Many of them. They've actually been taking us further from God and from living in experiencing and giving to others God's love. And I think I think when the writer talks about being slaves to each other through love, that's what he's saying. And the word slavery has, especially right now, it has so much shit attached to it. But I really think that the point here is... That when we make this transition from self-survival focused or maybe family survival, our small groups, us and those dearest and nearest to us, um, and we've been doing all these terrible things to survive, we've been justifying terrible things because we thought it was what was necessary to survive in our culture. And I think it's time to really be brave and stand up. And the transition that he's talking about when he talks about being slaves to one another in love is that when we really step into loving each other that much and living by or in this way, in the agape way of love, it is self-sacrificial. But when we sacrifice fear-based self-survival mode For love-based community mode, then we become a source of uplift and, and care and all of these things to each other and we end up being freer than we were under the bondage of fear and the old systems. I hope I can say that clearly enough because I'm, I'm already a couple minutes past when I like to be comfortably leaving for work. So um, I hope that's enough. I'm going to leave that there and, and move on to the next thought. Let's see. Do we want to talk about the gospel? Um, or do we want to talk about our Hebrew scripture? Yeah, let's talk about the Hebrew scripture first about wisdom and insight and being able to, or rather, not being able to see the signs. And it's so interesting. So I was listening to a Brene Brown podcast um, with the two brothers, whose name I can't remember right now, this morning while I was rowing. And she talked about this quote that their dad gave them. You're never going to know more than you know now. There's never a point when you have it all figured out (laughs) when you can anticipate what's going to happen. And it's related to a conversation I was having with a dear friend of mine yesterday evening on the way home from work where we're both in a space where like we don't have the written papers in hand for the next step in our lives. And that's a really difficult place to be persevering in faith in the somewhat unknown is really tough and I think this relates to Jesus talking about perception Um, I I feel like to an extent this is us like we're always trying to read the signs read the room read the stock market um, read the take the global temperature do all of these things which yes are important and necessary but it's not going to help us in preparing for what life brings us in in the way that we're trying to to make it we're never going to have perfect assurance and prescience gathered through our own fact giving we need the wisdom of the spirit in order to respond to what life gives us with, as is my personal mantra lately, more grace and less freak out, we need to look to the really, the only true source of security. We need to look to God. And that's not to say that we shouldn't do things like be good stewards of our money, Um prepare and plan, but we cannot rely on that to the extent that that is where we have placed our faith. When we've placed our faith in our savings account, in our five-year plan, in our retirement plan, in our human understanding, that's misplaced. We need to place our faith and trust in God. And we need to remember, like Jesus reminds us here, that when we give Jesus what we have, our whole selves, what he gives back is more than we gave him in the first place. He reminds the disciples here that the collected baskets of leftovers from the two loaves and fishes feeding of the masses incidents were bigger than what they gave in the first place. So we're afraid to let go of what we've got. We're afraid to give it up to God. We're afraid to, the better word is, I think for this, this moment, we're in fray, afraid to entrust it to God. We're afraid to entrust our time, our effort, our treasure, our talent, ourselves, and our families to God because when we lose our desperate grip on what we've got, it it feels so out of control, but I would argue that we follow where God leads us. We invest all that we are and all that we have in God, as God calls us to do, and then God takes it and makes it enough. And where I feel like it's particularly relevant today is that we've got an incredible time of difficulty and opportunity in our world right now, and If you're like me, you're a little afraid that the opportunity is going to be missed and you're a little afraid that you might give everything that you have to stand up for what you believe in, put it all on the line and then it might come to nothing. And I'm telling you, God promises us this. If we give him up what we've got, if we use what we have, make our own small meager effort where he calls us to where she calls us to, sorry, pronouns, um, whatever, then God will give us back in abundance and it might not look like what we think it's going to look like, but it's going to be amazing. And it's going to further the work of the sovereignty of God further God's love, further the United Christ Project, right? Um, And so I think that's the overarching message for us today, right? Is to walk in the way of love, as Bishop Curry says, the way of love. I think walking in the way of love is the ultimate overarching principle and in it is true freedom and it is also absolutely terrifying. So let's all take a breath. Get quiet. Ground ourselves in God. Receive from God with the one right next thing that God wants us to do is what is the one next step that you are calling me to take and then do it with faith knowing that not only is God going to catch us when we fall when and if we fall and protect us from the onslaughts of the enemy but also and also God will not let any of it go to waste any of the sorrow any of the grief any of the effort any of the expenditure whatever we pour forth for god even if this is the really amazing part even if we in our humanness are mistaken and we pour forth the effort in the quote-unquote wrong place god still doesn't let it go to waste God gathers it all and still uses it for God's good no matter what, all the time every time and that's what I've got to say this morning, sorry if that was a little rushed and disjointed at the end there um, but I really wanted to to get that out um, before I get going, have a wonderful day my friends, I love and cherish all of you, we're going to wrap this up right quick here with a um with a prayer for mission attributed to saint francis god make us instruments of your peace where there is hatred let us sow love where there is injury pardon where there is discord union where there is doubt faith where there is despair hope where there is darkness light where there is sadness joy Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.